The Pelicans not off to the best start on a rough stretch of schedule, and we've got two players going in opposite directions. Let's talk about it in the Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday. Welcome to 2022, first episode of the new year. We got a lot to talk about. The Pelicans played the Bucks on New Year's Day. Didn't go too well, though. That was kind of to be expected. You got a really good game from Jackson Hayes, but not a great game from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I want to talk about those two players in particular because over this next nine games or so, as guys are in and out of the lineup for New Orleans, they're going to be really key to the success or or not success of this team. So we'll talk about those guys coming up and, of course, the game and the schedule and why this stretch is so important to New Orleans. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week. No paywall or anything like that. Just solid basketball talk Monday through Friday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Leave a five-star review and tell a friend about the show. So the Pelicans started 2021 on New Year's Day with a game against the Milwaukee Bucks. And look, the Bucks were going to come into this one a little bit fired up. They were on a winning streak. They weren't going to let New Orleans take advantage of them like happened a couple weeks ago here in the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. They were going to kind of prove a point and really go out and win this game. And look, New Orleans banged up. You had no Brandon Ingram, no Jonas Valanciunas. You know, I don't think there was too much to expect from this game. And we saw New Orleans compete for the first half, only down eight on the road to the defending champion with a two-time MVP. When you're playing without two of your you know, best players right now, your two best players who are healthy and have played this year, not counting Zion, it kind of went the way we would have expected it. You got good performances from Herb Jones, I thought. Three blocks, three steals. That's 14 straight games for him with a block, a Pelicans rookie record. You got Josh Hart back, who continued to show off some of that playmaking. Nine assists for him on the night. Again, working on the weak side. They swing the ball over to him. He can playmake from there when that defense is moving a little bit. And then you had Jackson Hayes, who had a strong game. 23.7 boards from him. Aggressive, going for lobs, trying to score inside. I loved what you saw from him. We'll talk about him more in the next segment. And then you had Nikhil, who shot 4 of 16 for 13 total points. That's terrible efficiency. Zero assists, five rebounds, and three turnovers. This stretch, this game just is what it is, right? You know, you're you're banged up. You're missing some guys with Brandon Ingram, who, by the way, is questionable for tonight's game. Same for Jonas Valanciunas, who, after being out with non-COVID-related illness, then got put in health and safety protocols. He's listed as questionable when I'm recording this one. Still no Najee Marshall, no Kyra Lewis Jr. is out for the year. And now Tomas Sadoransky is in uh, health and safety protocols as well. This stretch, though, is is going to be key to New Orleans. It's brutal. It is brutal 
These next three games, the Pelicans on a three-game homestand, it's rough, right? You get the Jazz tonight, the Suns on the second night of a back-to-back, and then the Golden State Warriors, who maybe, due to the Pelicans' luck, might welcome a guy like Klay Thompson back into the lineup. That's rough. Then you get the Toronto Raptors on the road when they're finally starting to kind of get healthy and have some of their top guys back. Then it's the Clippers, right? Then the Nets, then Boston. You get the New York Knicks in there, too. It's just a rough rough schedule for New Orleans. You get Minnesota in there. You know, it doesn't really ease up until like late January. This could make or break the Pelican season. They've been keeping up with the rest of the West. They're still in contention for the, you know, the 10th seed. They're not horribly far back from the 8th seed, even when you really start to look at it like that. They've been trending upwards, right? They have won now um, 10. They're 10 and 7 in their last 17. That's pretty good for a team that started terribly. But They've been beating up on easy competition. What that says is they're better than those teams. They should be. There's enough talent here with Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas to not be one of the worst teams in the league. Now, where do you fall in the rest of the NBA in that hierarchy, right? Are you a play-in tournament team? Are you a team that punches above your weight, or do you just kind of beat up on subpar competition? One, that's a good thing. Take care of business, right? But these next 10 games will tell us, I think, a lot about really what the expectations should be. Should it be the play-in tournament and playoffs, or should it really not be? I haven't been a proponent of tanking, but depending on how they go over these next 10 games, that might change. If all of a sudden they, they you know, they go 1-9, let's say, and we'll count the Milwaukee game, so that's the 10th game, yeah, maybe that's when you start to really reevaluate your priorities this season. They're going to compete. They're going to compete, right? Like, you know they are. They play tough for Willie Green. That game against the Cleveland Cavaliers really showed that. They've bought into what he is trying to say and trying to do, and they are not going to be an easy out. The problem is if you don't have B.I., you lose those games when he's not there for the most part. They've won one when he hasn't played, and that was the Cavaliers game. So you've got to try and have these role players step up. They're going to be the key guys. We've seen it from Garrett Temple. He had a good game against the Cavs. We've seen a flash or two here and there for Tomas Sadoransky, right? It's going to be the Jonas Valanciunas show if he's back, but no B.I. Josh Hart has stepped up his game. But you need these guys to, again, punch above their weight. One guy is doing that recently, and that's Jackson Hayes, who's been, I think, very key to New Orleans and played very well against the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's talk about him coming up next here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, both of those are for me. Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good. You're going to want to eat these things. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or even taste like a chemical spill. I've had some that are like metallic-y and they left my mouth feeling tingly and that's terrible. You know, you want to eat healthy, but it gets boring. So by like week three, you're giving up and just saying it's not worth it. I want to have something good and you break. You don't want something like that. Built Bar is the way to go. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. I buy these things with my own money. They are delicious. I look forward to eating one of these things every single day. And they mostly contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar and Built Bar is going to look so much better and they're going to taste 
better. So for the new year, have a stash of Built Bars whenever you need them to help you keep you on track for your New Year's resolutions. You can choose from coconut, almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, which is one of my personal favorites, and so many more. And in fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at Built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. You get nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. If you want to catch up on what happened in the association the night before, you can't just do it by looking at box scores and seeing points and things like that. You need the context around the game. What's the big story? What's the big takeaway? Know what's going on around the league. Locked On Now is the way to do it. All of our hosts do like a quick minute recap of the game with their local perspective, knowing that team better than anyone else, especially the national media that's not following the team like those guys do. I have one for every single Pels game in there. So go listen to Locked On Now, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, so we're talking about the Pelicans, this stretch for them coming up. Nine more really difficult games, a section of their schedule that really could define their season. But you've seen some guys step up, and one guy in particular has been Jackson Hayes. A very big game against the Milwaukee Bucks. A career high in terms of points. 23 for him. Seven rebounds, which is big. He hasn't been the best rebounder in his career, but he can get it on the offensive glass. He's been more active on the defensive glass. And he was 9 of 12 from the field. He's seemingly starting to find that confidence again. He goes through a cycle, right? We expect big things from him. He comes into the season and doesn't play well gets benched, loses some confidence, kind of goes through some weird mental growing pains there, then gets his chance again and makes the most of it. He did this last year. He got benched and dropped. And then for the final 20 or so games of the year, he played really, really well. Well, after this happened for him, he's starting to do it again. Look, it's not a large sample size, but you at least want to kind of see some of that growth, right? Against, uh, for the past three games, he's averaging 15 points per and seven boards. He's doing it shooting 64% from the field. On 8.3 attempts per game, making 5.3. He's also getting to the free throw line four times, over four times, and he's making all of them. He's perfect during this, right? Even the game where he scored under double digits, that was the Cavs game. He was a plus 22. He made an absolutely positive impact on that one, particularly with his defensive rebounding. The Pelicans need this. They need this. He looks lost at times defensively. Don't get me wrong. He's, he shouldn't be playing the four. They tried that a little bit against Cleveland, and he was out of sorts there. Let him just do what he does, which is try and block shots and be a deterrent at the rim and just be an energy pogo stick on the offensive side of the ball. A springy big that can go up for lobs, but can also put the ball on the court a little bit and occasionally can shoot a three and probably miss the three. That hasn't really come around this season. Although last time he played Utah, he did hit three threes, which was kind of fun to do. So there's a chance for him to potentially have a big game in this one tonight. Although it's Rudy Gobert in the front line for the Jazz. They're very good. Look, just have a positive impact and continue to do that over this stretch. This is the stretch that probably defines Jackson Hayes' season, maybe even his career. I think it's so important for him. He can't afford another benching. 
at that point, you've got to start to really think about trying to move him at the trade deadline and not extending him this offseason and, and signing him to a new contract or doing whatever it is you might want to do with him. That's not the type of player that you can really rely on. And again, I've said all season long prior to the season starting, the key for this team was internal development, internal growth, right? That is what they needed to see. Jackson Hayes was a big part of that. You wanted to see that from him. And you hadn't, but now you're starting to see it again. So is it a mirage or is it the real thing? Jax is going to tell you it's the real thing and he just needs his opportunity, right? You're getting that opportunity right now. You've got to make the most of it. He's done that, I think, over the past three games. Let's see if he makes it four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, however long it might be. Because again, they, they need the depth here. They need other guys to step up. We've seen at times this team look competent and good. They're playing hard. That goes a long way. But you're not going to win games without talent. Jackson Hayes is talented. He was drafted eighth for a reason. But can you harness that talent? Can you translate it into production on the court? He's been doing it, right? He's got to do it in this game if the Pelicans want to have a chance against the Utah Jazz because he will get minutes. Look, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I'm kind of a little bit optimistic. I've been high on him for a while. I was high on him going into that draft, actually. And I've remained higher on him than I have on Nikhil Alexander-Walker for the past what year and a half now so let's talk about Nikhil coming up because this is the one I think that's more disappointing more disappointing and more impactful in a sense for the Pelicans in a good and a bad way I'll explain what I mean coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans all right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week. No paywall or anything like that. Just free Pelicans talk, what you want to hear. There's a lot of places that aren't even doing it one day a week, one day a month. You're seeing people go silent. You're seeing things not get written. Or if you want to go get that writing, it's behind a paywall. We're your option here. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and available on YouTube. You really want to help the show out. Do me a favor. Leave a five-star review with a comment. Tell a friend about the show, too. It takes like 30 seconds to do all of that. And again, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Now for your second listen, Locked On Saints with host Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. They need some crazy help to get into the playoffs. He's breaking down all of the playoff scenarios. We saw the win the other night. That was great. It's a fun time to be a Saints fan. Make sure you check out Locked On Saints. All right, so we're talking about the Pelicans in this upcoming stretch that could define their season, and guys need to step up, right? Brandon Ingram's questionable for tonight. Same for Jonas Valanciunas. It means next man up. That's the mentality that won that game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a game that the Pelicans had no business winning. Next man up. You've got to do that, right? Jackson Hayes has been next man up. He's doing well in his role. Gives you more defense than Billy Hernan Gomez, which I think is important too. Josh Hart at times has been next man up, really trying to take his game to another level. And now with Kyra Lewis Jr. out for the season, right, the backcourt at times really struggling for New Orleans, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been next man up for like the whole year. He hasn't really delivered on it yet. And against the Milwaukee Bucks, he struggled, you guys. Four of 16 from the field for just 13 total points and three turnovers. So there's a couple of things from that game, right? You watched him play. You were disappointed. You don't need the, you know, me to tell you that here. 4-16 from the field, but more importantly, 4 of 13 from 3. He took three shots that weren't threes. That's it. This is a guy that for his career has not been a great three-point shooter. Like, it just hasn't worked out for him in the way that we would have wanted. 
For his career, he's shooting 33.6%. This season, he's shooting 31.9%. Should he be a guy that's taking 13 threes per game? You've heard me say it before, and this goes back to last year too. Good things happen when Pelicans uh, when Pelican guards drive, when you attack the basket. Herb Jones is excellent at filling that gap as kind of a trailing guy for the guard to have an outlet to kind of coming down the lane. We have some shooters in Devontae Graham, you know, and others, but they don't, you know, for driving kicks, but they don't attack the basket. This was our complaint about Lonzo Ball, right? This was the biggest complaint about Lonzo Ball that he didn't drive. Nikhil didn't do it in this game. 16 shots and 13 of them are threes and he makes four of them. That's 30.8%. And if you look at those threes, right, it's not like they're threes in rhythm. They're not kickouts to him where it's catch and shoot situations. These are pull up off balance shots, right? They're just not good takes. So at a certain point, he needs to cut this out and he doesn't do it. And it's very frustrating, right? You've got to be, you know, one, he's got to be a spark plug off the bench in the role he's being asked to right now and just give this team some points. But to come away with zero assists, right? To not have one kind of tells you the way he played. Pulling up, shooting. That's it. And he wasn't making them. He hasn't been making them. He hasn't made them all season long. It's been a rough year for him. He's shown some flashes, right? Last game healthy before going into COVID protocols, 27 points. Okay, but if you look at his last 13 games, he's shooting 35% from the field and 34.4% from deep. None of those numbers are good. He's shooting, um, he's taking 14 attempts per game and making five of them, right? And seven of those are threes. He's got to change the way he plays. He's not Steph Curry, right? You can't just do whatever you want to do, dribble, 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 pull up, shoot. It doesn't work for him. He's got to start to play a different style of basketball. I know, you know, and and Willie Green's going to need to figure this out too, right? We hear Willie Green, who won't throw his players under the bus like Stan Van Gundy did, say, like, I want him to keep taking these shots. He's got to keep shooting. You got to tell him to stop shooting at this point. It's not good. He's taking the ball away from other players. I don't need him to score 20 points on 15 shots or anything like that. But you need to get some better efficiency, particularly when Brandon Ingram's out there and when Jonas Valanciunas are out there. And you're going to presumably play with those guys again. And so we've said, it's one thing for him to take a high volume, you know, uh, in terms of shots. I don't mind that. But if he's not doing it efficiently, those shots are better given to someone else. You got to at least be in the positive side of points per shot, which he wasn't in this game. Or drive and attack. You know, the numbers bear this out, right? He is shooting 50% of his shots from three this year. And his numbers at the rim are down. Zero to three feet, it's only 20% of his shots. Last year, it was 23.6. His rookie year, it was 24.4. That number is trending in the wrong direction. And the thing is, he actually finishes well this year. 57% 57% zero to three feet is what he's shooting. That's better than his other numbers for his career. It was 48% last year. It's almost a 10% jump. Why is he not doing this more? You know, this is the guy that they really needed to be good this year. And he has not done it. And if you want to win some of these games coming up against good teams with good guard play, you know, the Suns, the the Golden State Warriors... You need to be more efficient because those teams will destroy you if you're not doing that. 
And so this is a big stretch for Nikhil. Jackson is trending in the right direction. Nikhil is not. And this is the stretch where, like, at a certain point, when do you give up on him? When do you make this determination, right? What what point in year three should we have seen much more growth from him and better decision-making and starting to figure it out? He always has the potential, and he will always keep you on the hook with that potential. 27 points, you guys, against Portland, who's not good, by the way. You know, he's done that. So you're interested, right? He had 33 against OKC. That's great. But when do you do this for a consistent period of time? And that's my question around Nikhil Alexander-Walker and why I'm really starting to wonder if, you know, is there anyone else you can trade for that you can give these minutes to because you're trying to get into the play-in tournament, into the playoffs, and he is not going to help you do it, and his defense has been bad too. But the numbers are trending in the exact wrong direction from the way you want him to play. This is not an easy game for him to try and turn that around in. But you know what? That three-point shooting isn't doing it either. So at some point, something has to change. It's hopefully going to be coming up on this homestand where New Orleans is going to need all the help that they can get. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Tomorrow, we're going to recap the game, preview the back-to-back against the Suns and the Golden State Warriors. That's going to be a really, really tough one. And now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets taking care of you throughout bowl season, the NFL playoffs, and of course, NBA games going on all the time. It's free and available on all platforms for your insight and expert analysis when it comes to sports betting. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.